Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness, no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Have you been feeling the nudge to step out of your comfort zone and do something new? Maybe you have been feeling the itch to lean in to your potential and stop playing small. Well, today we are talking about how to leverage your own personal brand. And I love this so much because one of my dear girlfriends, Cody Sanchez, she talks about how all of us are literally walking billboards. Whether we are selling something, whether we are having um, a business or not, we are all small businesses when it comes to having a face online. And if you haven't thought about in this way, many of us tend to play small because we are afraid of what that could look like. And most of us are afraid of what our potential could actually look like. Well, If you are new, welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha, and we get into all of the juicy, into all of the brave conversations and action steps that can affect your relationships and how you show up in life. So today, I am bringing on the very perfect person, Allison Walsh, to talk about and deconstruct all things, your personal brand. And it's often the case that our struggles and challenging life experiences launch us into our life's purpose. You know this, I have one of my companies, Dharma Coaching Institute, and I've talked about this a lot that basically we start things based on our own setbacks, our own sucky moments that really catapult us to what we are supposed to be doing next. And so when we own our stories and we leverage those lessons that we've learned, it is the ultimate way to obviously transform those sucky moments and turn them into magic. And maybe that magic can turn into what we actually do for a living, not only for you, but for other people. So my guest today, Allison Walsh, Now, she is a seasoned executive philanthropist, speaker, motivational consultant, and she was Miss Florida 2006. She's also a mama of two, and with over 15 years of experience in organizational leadership, success coaching, brand building, and business development, Allison's platform strengthens the professional development of today and tomorrow's most successful leaders. And not only that, she is such a badass. I just got to spend an incredible weekend with her in Tampa, Florida. Some of you probably saw that on IG, and she is someone that glows when she enters a room. She's so magnetic and she is so 
charming and she has this presence. And I just know you are going to love, love, love this conversation so much because even I had some takeaways here in the way that she thinks. And she also shares some of her sucky moments. And we get into how to develop a healthy self-esteem, especially when we're starting something completely brand new that, you know, we are probably not that good at. And what is positive psychology and how to use it to your benefit? And how do we finally actually stop playing small? What are we so afraid of? And how to actually take a feminine approach to personal branding and marketing and so, so much more. Wow. I just know that you are going to love so much out of this episode and you're probably going to want to share it with a friend, a family member, and even bookmark this so you can listen to it again. So without further ado, let's bring on today the Allison Walsh to The Brave Table. Hello there, Allison. Welcome to The Brave Table, love. It is so good to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. I feel like there's so many things that I want to ask you and dive in. And I think for our listeners, what's coming up for me is really your story because you've worn so many different hats and I see this passion for philanthropy and also helping others unlock their potential. So where did that come from? Absolutely. Well, you know, it really started for me when I was 18 years old. So I struggled severely in high school when, you know, just growing up was a competitive athlete, was really hard on myself, went through a horrible battle with anorexia and bulimia. And uh, Mm -hmm. thankfully found recovery when I was a senior in high school and kind of had this like new leash on life when I hit college and, you know, walked onto my college campus, University of Florida, go Gators, and uh, walked around realizing that there really weren't back then support resources for individuals that were either struggling or that just really wanted a a better foundation when it came to like feeling really good about themselves and self-esteem and confidence and body image and all of these things that are, are so rampant, right? Especially during that time of life. Mm-hmm. So I walked onto the University of Florida's campus and to the student healthcare center. And I said, I'd really like to start something. Like I'm in recovery. I know I need the support. I'm sure there's thousands of other students here that need it too. And I said, okay, go ahead and start it. And so that's really kind of how hope, which was the foundation that I ended up starting began. It was helping other people eat, started as a student organization. I love that, helping other people eat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you. So it started there and then I brought it back to my hometown in Orlando and it continued to grow and gain momentum. And, you know, we were able to do so many cool advocacy campaigns and partner with other organizations like the National Eating Disorders Association, the National Alliance for Eating Disorders, and just really work combining our efforts to make a difference and have really brave conversations around mental health and mental wellness, taking care of ourselves, doing what we need to do to, you know, stay healthy. And then it really got put on steroids when I became Miss Florida in 2006. And I got to travel the country really speaking on behalf of this cause. And I got to sit at a lot of other tables having that conversation and really contributing a voice of recovery and at that age, because really back then it was a lot of doctors and clinicians sitting around those tables talking about what do we do next? And there weren't a lot of people like me represented there. And so I got to really contribute that way. And that was really how I entered into behavioral health. And a lot of it kind of has spiraled or or came from that, right? Like it it just continued to build. And, you know, there's so many powerful things that I've been able to experience as a result of 
really owning my own story. And I think that what you see throughout my career is me helping other people do the same thing. So while Mm -hmm. mine was rooted in my own recovery and helping others, and then, you know, this amazing career in behavioral health that I've had for 20 years, um, you know, I've been able to help other people find their story and and turn their passion into Mm purpose-driven career or a really strong message that they can make a difference in this world with. Yeah. And I kind of want to stop you there because there's so much to unpack just within your early stages of recovery. And for folks who are listening to this kind of feeling maybe defeated or feeling that they know internally they want to change something, but it's so hard. What are some of those first steps maybe looking back that really gave you the strength to say, I need help or I want to do something different? Yeah. Well, for me, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Like I think that I had suffered in silence for three and a half years and I was battling something that ended up really controlling my life. And I- This was in high school. This was in high school, right? And I had one of those pivotal moments where I'm like, I can't live like this. Like, this isn't what life is supposed to be like. This is awful. And what started as something so simple and almost like a coping mechanism for me and how I handled life became so controlling, right? And became something that was so overwhelming to me and was literally controlling my life. And and I just knew that there was more. And and there was somebody that was in my world at that time whose sister had gone through it. And he said, I'm really concerned. And I think that you need to get help, right? And you need to ask for help because this is probably much more severe, which it ended up being much more severe than what I even realized. But I raised my hand and I said, you know, help me, right? Like awareness is half the battle, right? Like acknowledging the problem is the first step. And, you know, thankfully was able to get the support that I needed and really, you know, start that healing journey. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, so hope continued for 18 years, right? She lived on. Wow. She was, yeah, powerhouse of a little nonprofit. We merged with the National Alliance for Eating Disorders um, a couple of years ago, which was just a wonderful way to continue the legacy and to make sure that she still existed, right? And, and had the opportunity to make a difference. And But my whole professional career, I mean, I'm one of the initial team members at Advanced Recovery Systems, which is a behavioral health care company. We exist to help and walk alongside people to help them get well. We've helped 40,000 people in our centers since we started nine and a half years ago. And it's been unbelievable, right? And people of all walks of life, successful people, people that have had a, a harder past, right? People that have gone through really difficult things. And as a result, you know, turned to drugs, alcohol, you know, really struggled with mental health, but they all raised their hand and said, I can change too, right? But I need somebody to walk alongside me. I need people to help me. And so just like I did that, you know, 20 plus years ago now, for myself, I've been able to, you know, really build something and be a part of building something that's been able to be that pivotal tipping point for so many other people since then. It's exciting to see because it's like, I can see, I can feel the passion. And also it kind of segues me into asking you just around, you know, what we've kind of gone through in the last few years getting out of the pandemic, seeing people. And I know that for a lot of the conversations we have, these brave conversations, there are people that are still kind of stuck and they're still kind of, maybe they didn't realize they had a lot of anxiety until they were, you know, enclosed in their homes or something happened or they had a loss. Now in the, you know, recovery work that you've been part of and seen and even helped, you know, thousands of people 
What is it that you, or what first initial advice that you can give to somebody that is feeling that stuck is not really seeing their potential at all. And they're kind of just like in that, you know, swimming in that soup of uncertainty or whatever the fears are, what advice do you have for them? Oh, so much advice. We could just stay here for the rest of our time. Feel safe. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a bigger conversation, right? Like it's, you don't have to be at rock bottom, you know, or on your worst day to make a change. And I think for so many people, and, you know, I can even just reflect back on my experience during the pandemic, right? I was feeling different, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was experiencing things that I had never experienced before and the stress of it all. And again, acknowledging it, but then doing something about it. Like I I use the phrase, like do a checkup from the neck up, right? Like really check in with yourself and honor where Mm -hmm. you are. And if you are feeling different than how you're used to feeling, it's okay. And it's, it's necessary to ask for support because I don't want you to end up in one of our centers, really. You know, like if you hit our doors, life has gotten really extreme. I want you to take control and be preventative, right? And really own your emotions and treat your mental health just like you treat your physical health. I think we're so quick to raise our hands and go to the doctor right away. Like if we get the sniffles or we feel like we've got the flu or God forbid COVID, right? Like we're quick to do something about that. We have to do the same for ourselves. And I experienced, unfortunately, a season of burnout during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So much going on, trying to wear all the crowns, right? Trying to do all the things, be the mom, be the wife, be the boss, be the team member, be the entrepreneur, because I have my own company too, doing all the things. And all of a sudden I'm like, where's my joy? Where mm-hmm. is all, you know, I've, I've done all this. So I have so much to be proud of. I have so much to be excited about. But at the same time, I almost felt guilty for not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while again to recognize and be like, wow, these are like the stages and signs of burnout that I'm experiencing right now. Let's pause for the cause and do something about it, right? So mm-hmm. for me, it was, you know, finding additional resources, again, getting connected to my support team again. You know, I just did a cannonball into the world of positive psychology that was really helpful for me in my journey. And yeah, can you talk a little bit about the positive psychology work that you've been digging into? Absolutely. So, you know, for me, I've always been fascinated with high achievers, right? Like, I obviously got a lot of goals for myself, very driven, love uh, success, and all the things that come with that. But for me, I, realized that I needed to kind of infuse the happiness back into my life. I went on a mission to find what else could help me, right? Obviously it was talking to my therapist, working with an organizational psychologist, like doing all the things, but I wanted something fresh. And I don't know if you know who Raw Goddess is, but she's a fabulous author, like wrote Mm -hmm. an amazing book. And I was interviewing her on my podcast and she mentioned Nick Pigeon, who runs... PPCA. And she's like, you just need to get involved in her world, like follow her. She's got so many cool things. Well, then I jumped down that rabbit hole because I became fascinated that positive psychology was the science of happiness, well-being, and success. And I signed up for it. And I went through the certification process and the coaching side. And I just became so excited about the possibility of implementing the six pillars of positive psychology, not only into my life, but Mm -hmm. into my client's life on the coaching side, into my team's life here at Advanced Recovery Systems. I rolled out an entire wellness like program called Level Up within our organization because I saw other people experiencing the same thing that I was. And Mm -hmm. I I wasn't ready to quit or to start Mm -hmm. over or to do something new, which I think is oftentimes the immediate reaction when things are out of line. Like, 
harsh things happen, right? And sometimes that is the right thing. For me at that point, it wasn't, right? This story wasn't done yet, wasn't Mm -hmm. ready to walk away, but I needed to learn how to infuse more of this happiness and joy and intentional success and focus on well-being, which is where I felt like so many of us were neglecting. And, you know, it didn't take a lot to get to the point, but you figure pre-pandemic, we all had our own routines, right? Like we probably had some type of physical exercise happening, some type of infusion of personal development. I know like my mornings changed differently when all three of the kids were not leaving the house, right? (laughs) Like things (laughs) were different. Um, And so, you know, this slow deterioration of not doing my morning workout, not having my me time, not doing the personal development stuff, or even just listening to podcasts or books or things that light me up on my drive to the office, right? Like mm-hmm. all of those things were slowly chipping away and I was just grinding, mm-hmm. right? And so it was like, nope, taking back control here. What do I need to do for me? And then how can I really manage my own success, right? And really define it for me and what that means instead of chasing what I thought it was, which that to me was an eye-opening experience in and of itself. Oh, I mean, that's, it's so huge. And I, I feel like so many people are kind of going through this questioning of, you know, what am I meant to be doing? And how I'm living right now is not fully in alignment. It's not really making me happy, but what is. And I feel like I went through, you know, that season after having my second child, I feel like we spoke a little bit about that on your podcast as a fellow mama. And you don't necessarily see the identity shifts that tend to happen, especially when you're like in the thickness of like the baby bubble. And now I feel like I'm starting to get out of it and find the things that like now are different, but I'm like, oh, okay. I actually enjoy just walks by myself now. No kids around me, just walks around my block. It's simple. You know, before it was like having to have this morning practice of my yoga and, you know, Pilates every day. And sometimes I don't even get to that, but if I could just walk around the block, you know, for whatever it is, five minutes, 10 minutes, I know that I've done that sort of work just for my soul, for myself. And that's been, you know, keeping the peace. Now you run a bunch of different companies, which is why I feel like we're in in such alignment because I do as well. What do you think that is attributed to and how do you get your like fulfillment from kind of overseeing so many things because you also help people with their message and really unlock their messaging and their branding in their life. Love all of this. So, you know, I think for me, I've always been multi-passionate and it really wasn't until I heard Marie Forleo used that phrase of like a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I was like, oh, she gave me permission to be multi-passionate. This is great, right? I didn't know it any other way. I think even from an early age, as I saw potential in people or businesses or opportunities, I always went for it. You know, even thinking about like the foundation in the early days, right? I was 18. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I was bold enough to do it and make a difference. And as I continued to be a couple steps ahead of my prior self, right? Essentially, like really looking at you're always best positioned to serve the clients you once were. I noticed that as I was getting older, I was having certain experiences. People are coming to me and saying, Hey, would you teach me how to do this? Or hey, would you help me with this? And so it would happen pretty early on in my early 20s that some of these first clients started coming to me. And I was like, wow, there's something here, right? And I really, at that time, focused on younger women and really helping them create just this 
awesome opportunity for themselves because I think there's a real opportunity, especially in your early years, to separate yourself from the rest, right? When you're well-packaged and well-branded and you know what you want and you've got a clear vision for where you are at that point in your life and you can articulate it, oof, you got unlimited opportunities. And so that was really fun. And I had a ton of clients and had a studio and the whole nine yards. And that was incredible. 2015 kind of repositioned the company, leaned more into the digital space, but I saw that there was an opportunity to do this with professional women too, and to really help them rebrand themselves. So many of them that come to me, you know, they've been in corporate America, they've done the things, right? They did all the things that they thought they were supposed to do. And all of a sudden they wake up and they look in the mirror and they're like, I'm meant for more, right? Like I've had these experiences. I have a story too. Why am I, or why am I not getting the recognition or why am I not having the opportunities? Well, let's package you. Let's pull you together. Let's, let's be intentional about it. And so that was so fun to be able to have that evolution within the business and to be able to help a different client and to be able to give them everything that they needed to be able to go after what's next. And so that's been incredibly fulfilling, you know, so many authors and speakers and entrepreneurs now, right? People that are really finally doing the things that they've always dreamed of. And 99% of it is just helping them get out of their own way and giving them a roadmap, right? And holding them accountable. And then really helping them get across the finish line. And I've noticed that more than anything else is that they'll do the work, right? We'll get it all done. But then it's like that time to launch whatever it is that they need somebody by their side to help them really show up in a new way. And then they're so happy that they did. But that's a really pivotal moment in our process. It's amazing. And I really resonate with what you said by let me help you package yourself because so much, you know, and I think speaking to a lot of the professional women, even listening to this, It's kind of like you have that identity of whatever you were, your persona at work, corporation, company. And then, you know, perhaps you're maybe even getting the itch to leave and do something else and create something completely brand new. Or maybe it's stepping into the next version of yourself, or maybe it's having children. But then it's, you know, and I don't know about you, but there's so many even listening, even including myself, went into motherhood and it's like, whoa, re-identifying, redefining. And then you really step into that multi, there's there's literally a pop culture word for it now. It's multi-hyphenate, you know, and really embracing the number of things that I think as women we are really getting into this stage where a lot of the books that have been written about marketing and business were all for men, right? And it was like, focus on one thing, focus on one thing, but nobody ever questioned, well, a lot of those books were written by men who can only focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. And now we have people like you who help package women and kind of the messaging and how they want to recreate or reinvent themselves in this next stage to say, bring all of the elements. So can you take us through a little bit of that process that you do with clients? Oh, yes. And I I love it because there's such a transformation that happens. And, you know, they all start with like, here's the goals, here's what I want. But the evolution and the personal transformation that happens as they actually start to see themselves in the way in which other people see them is so powerful. I mean, I work with doctors, I work with real estate professionals, I work with lawyers, I work with the whole gamut, right? Authors, as I mentioned, like so many different individuals. 
And all of them have this moment, and I just refer to it as the light switch moment, right? When they actually, the switch goes on and they see what I see in them and what others see in them, and it is powerful. But we start first and foremost on the mindset stuff. We spend a lot of time there because generally, most often there are some things that have happened or transpired either in their personal life or in their professional life that's caused them to really play small. So we have to figure out what that is, because if we don't address it, that's going to be what comes up and sneaks up behind them as they continue to move throughout this process. So we do a deep dive there. We get really clear. And can I stop you for a second? Because what's coming up is how do people play small? What are some examples of people coming to you, you know, and they're, they're asking for a whole kind of Mm -hmm. rework And then you can actually see that they are playing small in their lives. Right. So, you know, I'll use a couple of different examples. I've got one client who is just a queen when it comes to real estate, right? She is a front runner. She is always, you know, being recognized for her accolades, but again, kind of in the shadow of the men in her profession. And so she came to me and she's like, I am just so tired of not having the opportunity, but I'm not sure how else to do it. So I'd like to build my own brand. The company will benefit from it, but I need to stand on my own two stilettos here and really make a name for myself, right? And really own this, which I love, right? Um, I've had other women that have come to me and said, you know, I've had this really successful career as a lobbyist, but again, not in my own identity, right? Under the auspices of a firm. And I really want to stand on my own feet here too. And I want to be able to shine bright. And so there's a lot of that, you know, physician coach that I work with who has had an unbelievable career, right? And anesthesia and just, I mean, brilliant. But again, wants to be able to stand as who she is and be recognized for the contributions she's making as the individual, not the person associated with the, the institution that they work for. So that's a lot of it, um, you know, so that we, those are probably three of the most common scenarios, right? With, with the women that I work with, but even that, right? Like taking them through the process of, of getting super clear on who they are, who they want to serve, right? Like, I think that's a big part of it, right? Is what am I doing this for? What are the goals attached to this? Or how am I going to define whether or not this is a successful endeavor or investment in myself? That's critically important up front too. Some people, it's really, it is the packaging, right? Because they know that that's going to enhance their confidence. And I talked about this a lot because oftentimes people will come to me and they'll say, well, I'm not that confident. Why do I need to build my brand? And like, that's exactly why you need to build your brand because you will become more confident in the process. And so really getting clear on what's next for them, setting the goals. Then it's about really pulling all of the elements together. What are the things that we need to shine a spotlight on? What are the things that we need to elevate or invest more time and energy in? And what are the things that we just need to cut out, right? Like Mm. get rid of the things that aren't in alignment with who you are right now or that aren't a priority right now. Be okay with letting go so that you can grow. I see a lot of women just carrying all their suitcases of all their stuff. And I'm like, you don't need all that anymore. (laughs) Like You've got all of these goodies that we need to focus on that are going to take you to the next level. And then it's about how do they want to show up? Where do they want to show up? 
what other elements or what other things do we need to pull together for them so that there's consistency and cohesion and clarity in their messaging and their marketing so that everybody, when they see them, knows exactly who they are, what they stand for and what they want so that they can attract more of what they want and repel the things that aren't in alignment with where they are now. Um, And so that's where we spend a lot of our time. And, And then of course, how to monetize that. So really, where are the opportunities for them to speak, to have new opportunities from a professional perspective? Are they going after a new job? Are they starting their own business? What is the end goal here? And how are we going to make this something that is a profitable endeavor for them? Mm, Wow. I feel like there's so many gems in just kind of the process that you shared. All right, fam. I just wanted to pop in and the holidays are here. And guess what? The official That Sucked Now What shop is open. I have the absolute perfect gift for you for the holidays. Grab my That Sucked Now What conversation cards. They are 44 prompts to help you build your resilience and bridge that connection. Maybe when seeing family or going deeper with friends or just building connection with yourself, or maybe it's a new love that you got acquainted with. And not to mention, you can get your hands on my super juicy 52 card deck affirmation cards. This is to use after those sucky moments and it comes with action steps as well. And even your own That Suck Now What gold beautifully stamped journal to write out what happens after your suck or when you're actually in the suck or your personalized that sucked now what hats they come in white you've probably seen them on my website on ig you can definitely check out all the merch and more at that sucked now what.com forward slash shop that is that suck now what dot com forward slash shop and use brave b-r-a-v-e to unlock your 12-month self-care calendar for free with your book bundle purchase. I'm so excited. So go ahead, check it out at thatsucknowwhat.com forward slash shop with checkout code BRAVE. And now back to the show. I want to just highlight your little mic drop moment of saying, letting go so that you can grow. And I have this visual image of like letting go of all of the, you know, shopping bags and the luggage bags and the grocery bags so that you can actually grow or even fly forward into whatever it is, your next chapter, your next season of life, your next untapped potential. And I feel like that's really the beauty that you bring out in so many people. I'm just in awe. And what have you seen from when people you know, start working with you because I know there's a lot of the imposter syndrome that can obviously happen or the Mm self-doubt and the guessing of, well, why do I need to do this? And how do you see them after the transformation that they're complete and they're now ready? What have you noticed? Well, their confidence is in a much better place. And I think that's so beautiful when they can actually own who they are. And, you know, going through that whole checkup from the neck up, right? Like I talked about on the other side, right? I do that with all of them, right? What are the mindset blocks? And I have a visual, right? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it your inner critic? Is it the self-doubt? Is it comparison trap, right? Like, are you getting stuck watching everybody else do their thing, right? Are you fearful of just being who you are. What is it? Because we can name it to tame it at that point, right? So when we can name it to tame it, we can look at that and we can say, 
what is it? What is the story you're telling yourself right now? And how do we negate it? And so a lot of them will do, you know, I call them a win list, but we'll literally write down all of the amazing things about them so that they can see it on paper. Because oftentimes with like, especially high achieving women or women that are, are ambitious, right? You're always focused on the next. You forget to celebrate what you've already got. Or they don't celebrate it at all. At all, <laughs> at all, right? Yeah. They're already gone. Um, and so, you know, we'll look at all of that and we'll say, okay, look at all of these amazing things. So you're worried about being an imposter, but you actually have done this before or your inner critic is raging. So you need to simmer her down, check her at the door and move through it, right? Because when you can remove its power and I, you know, I'm technically in sales, right? With what my role is too with that ARS, but we have to overcome our own objections. And that's literally when you can help somebody do that, that changes the game and you give them skills to be able to then recognize when it shows up the next time. So, you know, a lot of my clients struggle with that inner critic of like, I'm not good enough. Who am I to do this? Right. Like, you know, inner critic and imposter syndrome hang out a lot together. Mm -hmm. And so equipping them, helping them be aware, and then knowing how to address it and knowing how to move through it helps them. And they become better at it each and every time. And I know I always say like, if, if you're not having little pings of it, right, of the imposter syndrome, you might not be stretching far enough. So don't necessarily check it as a bad thing every time. Notice it, acknowledge it, accept it and move forward. But know that like you have to keep moving forward and you're going to become better and more resilient and more confident every step of the way. And you get that way by doing the thing, right? Doing the thing that is uncomfortable, doing the thing that causes you to grow, doing the thing that allows you to shine brighter than you have before. Like that's where the confidence comes from. And so seeing that evolution, right? Seeing that happen with the clients that I work with is just so powerful. And I do the same thing with my team, right? God bless all of them. They have to go through the same process because I need them to show up and shine bright too. And so it's this constant process of like recognizing it, naming it to tame it, being kind to our minds, moving forward. And oh it's my just goodness. Like this repetitive cycle of what we do. So Well, I think it's so amazing. And for everybody listening, I feel like it's like this mantra. So now you have a new mantra. I hope you've been (laughs) taking notes because I think that a lot of times we do have these dialogues within ourselves. And for a lot of the high achieving women listening, you know, I think it's having the compassion for yourself too, that we're going to go through the motions and the valleys and the peaks of life. And also now you have the tools to actually, I love the name it to tame it because it's true when we're actually calling it out and being present to it. And even being, you know, if they need that nurturing sense to actually be compassionate to ourselves, I think that's huge. And now- It's huge and allowing the space to, and I think that's one of my goals as their coach, right? Is to create the space to have the brave conversation about how they truly feel in a place where I'm going to support them. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be compassionate and empathetic, but I'm going to equip them with what they need so that that doesn't become what holds them back, what stops them or causes them to play small. And so that's, such a powerful experience for them. And I think it allows us to have very vulnerable conversations that 
they haven't had before and in many situations, or they have been holding themselves in such a high regard or trying to almost have this, I don't want to call it a facade, but they they don't want to show weakness. They don't want to show the vulnerability and, and they can be super real and raw with me. I've had lots of tears on calls before, but that's where the transformation happens, right? When we can get to that point, oh my gosh, we've got just a blank canvas at that point and we can really rewrite the story. We can create the new vision. We can get super clear on what's next, but it's getting to that point of who am I, where have I not allowed myself to show up, to shine bright, to be who I want to be? Where has that come from? And now how am I going to make sure that that's not the way that I play in the future? Oh, wow. Incredible. And as we switch gears a little bit, what is exciting that's on the horizon for you? Oh, so many things. So I'm putting all these words on paper right now. Um, So I do have a book coming out next year. I'm really grateful to have signed with Wiley. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm in that process and, uh, you know, enjoying it as as much as it is, right? Like trying to really just be present during that. So I'm excited about that. Um, You know, we're continuing to grow at Advanced Recovery Systems, which is really exciting. We actually are opening up another center in Atlanta. So that's great to be moving in that direction. We'll be opening in Missouri in the new year and then California later on next year. And we launched a mental wellness app called Nobu uh, during the pandemic. And it's Nobu. not a sushi restaurant. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I promise. Nobu um, for mental health. <laughs> Nobu for mental health, but it means trust in Japanese, which was oh. just a natural extension of our inpatient brand. So we've just continuing to work on uh, the expansion of that. I actually spoke at Dreamforce a couple of weeks ago, which was just like the coolest thing. So uh, really being able to talk about how we've been able to leverage all of our expertise to help people and really be a, a mental wellness tool that anybody can have in their pocket. So those have been some really cool things. And I'm a crazy dance mom. So we're getting ready for dance season and that's always fun. And Oh my gosh. My inner child loves dance. And I see my daughter is 18 months now and my family validated me through dance. And so now I'm like trying to break the cycle of like, nope, I don't want to do that to her, but she loves music. And so whenever we say dance, I let dance. And so she, she's like moving and she's grooving. And I'm like, oh no, am I like passing this down <laughs> to my daughter? Because, and, then, and then of course the family members who are, you know, the elders, they're like, aren't you going to put her in dance? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the same patterning, but I'm like, I love it. But then, so there's just like this conflicting thing that's happening. And I think the biggest thing is I'm going to see if she likes it. Great. If she doesn't like it, then I will take her out of it. But, but yeah, yes, oh, I understand um, because I like love seeing my girls up there, but I always remind them if this is not what you want to do, then it's totally okay. But yeah, we're enjoying it right now because they seem to be all in and we go to a great studio. So they're in a great oh, environment. And that, that was like their rock through the pandemic yeah. too. They have such good relationships with their fellow dancers within the, the company and it's awesome. And I, I'm just very grateful for that during this time and whatever right. it turns into next is fine too. But I, I enjoy everything else that comes from it that they're learning alongside the actual technique too. So inspiring to see you in all of these ways. What does it mean to be brave at this season of life? Or to trust yourself. I think we all have this intuition and probably know deep down inside what we need to do next, or at least if what we're doing now isn't in alignment with who we want to be. 
And so for me, being brave means trusting the evolution. I love the quote from Oprah, right? That the whole point of being alive is to evolve into the complete person you were intended to be. But in order to do that, you have to trust in your ability to do so. And that comes from taking those brave first steps, right? Doing the one thing each day that's going to get you closer to it. And I commend every person that does that for themselves every day, that shows up with Mm -hmm. intention, that trusts their vision and is willing to do what they need to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. In one word that describes the season of life. Evolution for me, for sure. I feel like I've gone through this incredible um, eye-opening experience over the last several years, especially, but especially recently where, again, kind of as I've done for so many other people of kind of holding the mirror up for them so that they can see I've had a lot of really great people in my corner doing the same for me as I've evolved, as I'm evolving, right? As I'm writing the book, as I'm leaning into things that really matter to me, other projects and saying yes to myself and, and really going after some of the things that I've wanted to do, but haven't prioritized. So allowing myself to evolve and become that next version is exciting and uh, just continuing to do that with intention every day too. Oh, so beautiful. Allison Walsh, what a pleasure. Oh, this was so amazing. Here with you. This was so fun. I know. And where can we get more of you and sign up to work with you? Oh my gosh. Yes. So AllisonWalshConsulting.com has everything about all of the services that I offer. Um, I also have the She Believes She Could podcast, which you're on and the Dear Mind You Matter podcast as well. Um, So I love both of those. I'm really active on Instagram at Allison Walsh. I show up there daily and love the community that's on Instagram. And I play on LinkedIn too, but Instagram is very much my jam. So fun. So fun. Well, we'll link our episode in the show notes as well. So people can get a taste of that. And until next time on The Brave Table. Well, Brave Table fam, that was another juicy episode. If you loved, love this. Now be sure to check out the episode that I recorded for Allison's podcast, She Believed She Could. You can find her on Instagram at Allison Walsh and on Facebook. And you can visit her website, Allison Walsh with two L's, consulting.com. And you might want to check out episode 82, Shifting Identities, Discovering Your Brand and Balancing Motherhood with Being a Boss with the one and only Jennifer Kim and or episode 71, How to Find the Power to Eliminate Your Limiting Beliefs with Shelly Lefko and 25, The Money Mindset You Need for Real Success with Emily Williams. And loves, I know we are almost entering the next year And as we are rounding out the year, I just want to say thank you so much for being such a huge part of the community. We've reached 99 episodes, 99 in less than a year. It has been incredible how our community has really grown. And I want to see all of you, I want to see all of us unite as a community. And if you are like, I don't do resolutions for new years, but I want to make a commitment to myself. I want to make a commitment to stop playing small in 2023 and to go big and to perhaps maybe even pick a word that describes what your next year is going to look like, but you don't want to do it the most conventional way. Well, I have an invitation for you. January 2nd, join me and we are doing a 10-day challenge. It's completely free and we are going to challenge ourselves together. It's going to only require you about 10 to 20 minutes a day, but we are in this together to 
suck at something new. This is my ask for you to be brave at sucking at something new in my 10 days suck at something new challenge. So, because we never know after 10 days, it just might be a new habit that we are going to form. So if you're curious about it, join my 10 day free challenge and we get to see each other and you can learn all about it here at neethabushin.com forward slash challenge. And that's N-E-E-T-A, B as in boy, H-U-S as in Sam, H-A-N.com forward slash challenge. And I am so, so excited to take you through on this epic journey where we get to ride out the suck, embrace the suck, and change some habits. And guess what? The best part is we get to do it together. We get to claim our desires. We get to toss out the mindset that has been keeping us from playing small and to embrace a new reality of taking those small steps together. You guys have known that I've been talking about inviting good stress into your life. So we are going to be doing that every single day together. And I am so excited. I cannot wait for all of us to start the new year with this challenge together. So loves, come on aboard. We start January the 2nd. So I'll see you there. Sign up and bring a friend with you at neethabushin.com forward slash challenge. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time. Have an amazing day, night, week, and don't forget to be a little bit more brave. Oh, 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 o